0: welcome back to growing places a podcast about all things economic development here in the sioux falls metro area brought to you by the sioux metro growth alliance
1: Right, Welcome back to Growing Places, your regional wrap-up for all things economic development in the Sioux metro area, talking about all the businesses, people, and places that make our place the place to call home. Um, today, we have an interesting guest. I'm your host today, Sheldon Jensen, Economic Development Specialist. Here co-host. With, co-host. Co-host. I was going to don't, say co-host. Don't leave, don't leave your brother out here. Come on, man. <laughs> what is this? My co-host today is Jesse Fonkert. Hello, welcome to the podcast today. And today we have a wonderful guest from A1 Development Solutions, Kyle Peters.
0: Thank you guys for having me. It's funny because
1: Sheldon started off
0: with interesting guests, and then he followed up with wonderful guests. So I'll go with the second one. Okay, but I've
2: been yeah. a yeah, preference on interesting or wonderful,
1: I don't really know myself. Oh, that's funny. Well, you share interestingly wonderful stories, so it's a little bit of both. I we hope try. so. We'll Anyways, try. yeah. So Kyle, uh, you're no stranger to economic development.
2: You've been in this industry for a number of years. Tell us about your background in economic development. What uh, what got you to the point where you're at today with A1?
0: Yeah, great question, Jesse. So I guess maybe you back it up a little bit. So I'm a farm ranch kid from White Lake, South Dakota. Not many people know where that's at. And, and it's often confused with White River. And so when I'm introducing myself, people always say, oh, did you play basketball with Louie Krogman? <laughs> and the answer to that is no. I grew up in White Lake, which is about, oh, 100 miles west of Sioux Falls. Um, cow-calf operation. Yeah, very involved in the farm and attended South Dakota State University for egg business. And then I attended Northern State University and got a minor in banking and financial services, which is what really uh, propelled me into economic development because I spent four years in banking um, three years in Brookings, one year in Mitchell, and then I went off to uh, to Pierre and worked at the Governor's Office of Economic Development, which is where I met uh, Jesse, of course, and uh, worked the good there. Good old days, f- yes, <laughs> the glory days, and worked there for just under three years. Uh, I started off as a business development rep, and then I transitioned into a senior business development rep, uh, managing the uh, east side of the river, and then I focused on value added agriculture, and so. Uh, working in value-added ag, I got to collaborate with the guys who are now my coworkers at A1 Development quite a bit. Paul Kospil, Ty Ischenbaum, Ben Stout. Um, we worked together a lot on livestock development and ag projects. And so uh, it just made sense for me to jump ship. That would have been back in May of 2021.
1: Um, and I've been here for, for almost a year and a half now. So that's my background. Well, that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about a1 I mean you mentioned some A1. other people what's the history of, of this organization what are you doing what's what's happening so we've got
0: a we've got a cool background we've got a cool way of how we got started and I'll give Paul Cosbo's version cuz he does a really good job <laughs> explaining this So,
2: so extra long or just going to be the the, the two-minute version? Drawn out,
0: no. (laughs) So, (laughs) Paul was the director of ag development under the Dugard administration. And so, that was when GOED and the Department of Ag had their separate economic development Mm -hmm. sections, if you will. So, Paul was out promoting dairy and out promoting livestock projects. And so, he was doing some legislation with Mark Mickelson, who was also a partner in A1 Development, um And one day they got together and they said, hey, I think it'd make a ton of sense to have somebody on the private side to kind of help shepherd these projects along once we get people interested in South Dakota. Because when Paul was at the state, he would do a really good job getting people excited. But then when people got time, when it was time for these dairymen, say, to come and buy land in South Dakota yep. and then go through the county process, the last thing these counties want is the state guy coming there and telling them they should approve this project.
2: Which is always kind of a... Ten situations of the state probably yeah. shouldn't be doing that as much. Yeah,
0: right? and the state always promotes local control, which is
2: one hundred percent the truth. Yeah,
0: right, it's great. And so, uh, Paul's like, I think there's a great opportunity for me to to form a private business and um, with Mark Mickelson and uh, you know help shepherd these guys along. And and that's kind of what we do. We're we're an owners rep, and um, I guess the best way to describe A One Development would be that we're an owners rep. We we are a, a private company. And so people hire us to go do site selection, work through the permitting process, handle all the PR issues, because as you can imagine with say a South Dakota soybean processors project in mm-hmm. Mitchell, um, there's a lot of questions when a project like that is announced. And you know these guys that are out building these plants, they have full-time jobs, they have a, they have a different plant, they have a different oper- operation that they have to be at. And so they need somebody boots on the ground that's done development that understands the lingo and the terms. Um, and so that's kind of what we do in a nutshell. We do much, much more than that, but uh, I won't give you the Paul Kaspel version. I'll give you the Kyle version.
2: We appreciate that. <laughs> it helps uh, keep our podcast uh, in manageable length. Yeah. Uh, no offense, Paul, if you're listening uh, today. So what? how does your role then fit into the broader a- A1 development solutions uh, work? Yep. So
0: there's four of us that kind of, are the the boots on the ground uh, for A1. It's myself, Ben Stout, in Brookings, Ty Eschenbaum, who you guys know very well. Um, He lives in Lake Ponset, and then Paul Koss both here in Sioux Falls. Um, So it's four of us that we do business development, agribusiness development consulting, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, So we essentially have our own clients that we work with. Um, But one thing that's really cool and unique about A1 is we're so small and we're so nimble that we don't just have our own quote-unquote clients. We mm-hmm. all work with everybody. Um, you know, if Ty can't make it to a meeting, I step in or vice versa. Paul's always, you know, we've got our industry experts, if you will, where I'm not going to sit here and look at you and tell you I'm the dairy expert. I'm not. But Ben Stout on our team is fantastic. Ty, Paul, both of those. Um, if you need a hunting expert, I'm your guy. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not what we do at anyway.
2: Not <laughs> yet, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> A1 Hunting Solution sounds pretty good oh, too, man, Kyle. That's got a ring to it, huh? It
1: sure does. Absolutely. Um, so what sort of projects have you guys been working, you know, worked on in the past in in the Sioux Metro? You know, the Lincoln, Minnehaha, McCook, Turner County area that people might recognize or maybe some that maybe went under the radar?
0: Yeah, so a lot of that work would have been almost before my time, Paul and and Ty and Ben. I did a lot of um, finisher barn, hog finishing barns that have been up primarily in the Sioux metro area when when people have been looking to diversify their their operations. Um, We're looking, you know, trying to get egg processing, specifically dairy processing somewhere along this area. It just makes a ton of sense with the interstates and. With the available land to the west in between Sioux Falls and Humboldt and the Hartford area for potential dairies, Mm -hmm. Um, as you guys know, there's there's prevalent dairymen that that we've helped with, absolutely um, in the area that have been uh, awesome for the area, Uh, beautiful dairies. I mean, it's no longer the the 200 head; it's six, seven thousand head. They're they're
2: different world. Their their
0: grass is better than my lawn and town. I mean, it's (laughs) it's it's fantastic. So. Um, Yeah, those are just a few of the projects we've been involved with in the Sioux metro area. But I would say, you know, as a whole, um, we've been hired by GEVO, who has announced plans, you know, long ago, almost two years ago now for uh, for a net zero one plant in Lake Preston. Um, We've also helped with South Dakota Soybean on their Mitchell facility, which we continue to help with them. And, you know, one thing that's unique that not a lot of people know is that we actually go outside of ag and we do, you know, just overall commercial and industrial development. And one of the projects that's been fun to work on is the North Sioux City Airport. And I know this is the Sioux Metro podcast (laughs) and I have to make sure I stay in my guidelines, but that just kind of gives you a flavor of, you know, for a while we've been just the ag guys, but now we're seeing that, well, you know, ag development's been great. And I think everybody knows when ag is good, the economy is good. Um, So we've had to spread our wings a little bit.
1: Yeah. Why, why has ag been good, I guess? So you're, you're focusing also, I mean, livestock and crop and all, all kind of across the board. What, what's been driving that in South Dakota and the Sioux Metro?
0: It's a great question. It's, it's a loaded question, but I would say, <laughs> you know, in just historically speaking, you know, 20 years ago, we had half of the yields we do now You know, 20 years ago, if you got 100, and 150 bushel corn, you were sitting pretty good. Well, now we're at 250, you know, pushing 300 bushel corn, which, you know, prices, if you've been watching them now, are double what they were, almost triple what they were a few years ago. So um, I think if you ask most businesses in the Sioux metro area, they would probably tell you, yeah, we're doing good because, and not to get into the COVID conversation, but, you know. COVID kind of helped spring that along, the supply chain issue, stuff like that. Now things are more expensive. And, you know, I think you, I think if you went nasty small businesses, you know, we're doing good. And it's because ag is doing good right now. Um, and these farmers are, for the most part, pretty flush with cash, just having high commodity prices, decent yields, mm-hmm. um, not only in on the grain side, but also the livestock side as well.
1: Yeah, I know. in In McCook County, I work with Salem as one of my communities, and they've seen a ton of damage related to storms and such. Are you um, helping? I guess that might not probably be what you do when grain storage or helping to try and get more grain bins up. That's probably is that something you guys work on or a problem you're seeing?
0: You know, that's that's not something we work on. But you know, one thing that we talk about all the time is when we're helping. You know, say a Jivo or South Dakota Soybean help develop. You know, in the conversation, we look at. You know the the damage done, and and some of that is played into a well. You know how much on site storage do we need to prepare for? Because these farmers don't have grain bins right now, and it's hard to find somebody to put these back up. And you know a lot of the guys will probably choose to bag it and put it in the field. But you know it is something to consider as we're, as we're building these things. So it certainly does affect us as well.
1: And as ag continues to grow in our area, you know, our utility capacity is, is limited, of course. Um, And our natural resources are, are limited, of course. And that's something that I know farmers have their finger on the pulse on all the time. They are the best stewards of our, of our natural resources. How, how is our utility needs and our natural resources kind of impacted by this resurgence in agriculture and livestock?
0: Yeah. So, you know, what we do, 90% of it revolves around utilities when we're out finding sites and and getting and working with the utility companies on, you know, LOIs and MOUs and trying to understand what the ongoing costs are and the upfront capital costs. And I would say out of all the utilities, it's typically natural gas and water is what we spend a lot of our time on in in South Dakota primarily. Uh,
2: sounds about right. We use those two words uh, pretty much every day, and usually we're pulling our hair out at the same time.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Lewis and Clark Troy Larson down here is is an out of the box thinker. Yeah. We've had awesome meetings with Troy, and um, you guys have an asset in him and in your provider oh, down 100%. here. Um. But, you know, and, and I think that there's only so many things that a lot of these water, these water uh, systems can do is because a lot of them have USD rural development funding mm-hmm. and they can't, they can't go and do spec development. They have to have a project to bring water or upgrade infrastructure up infrastructure to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a lot of it. It's like, you know, we, we sometimes get upset or frustrated, but there's so much that we don't know until we start asking the questions on the water and, you know, what does it take? And, you know, how can we get there and work together? And the same thing with natural gas and, you know, Northwestern Energy has been fantastic to work with. You guys work with Reed McKeat all the time. And Great guys. He's been awesome. And he's an outside-of-the-box thinker and, and providing some solutions. Um, but it's just one thing. And, you know, not to get political, we'll have to continue to push the legislature on and, and you know, allocating dollars for infrastructure because if we don't have infrastructure, we won't have economic development.
2: Right. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. Both gas and water being included as part of that, and yep. I know we've done a really good job at, at fiber the last few years, but natural gas is a, an issue. And they're pretty lucky in the Suemetro to have a pretty strong gas supply, but across the state, yep. it is not the same situation at all. Absolutely, yeah.
0: I mean, if if you if you talk to you know Ty and Paul, they would tell you the same thing. It's when we're looking for sites, it's hard to find where rail and natural gas and water and power where they all meet and it doesn't cost a hundred million dollars to bring one yep. or the other there. So
1: yeah, almost like when they are all there, there's already a business there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well yeah. like,
0: and the ethanol boom, you know, really did take up a lot of these really strong industrial yep. sites along the rail and and hats off to Jeff Bruin and his team because they found some slam dunk sites and absolutely. And now we're scouring the area looking for what's left. So
2: there's not much. No, there's not. <laughs> So I know uh, the last 10, 20 years or so, the, the state of South Dakota has been pretty aggressive on attracting uh, dairies to to uh, the, kind of the I-29 corridor has really, really started manifesting themselves. Um, what can you tell us about that? You know, why, why is that? Why is South Dakota been a good state for dairy?
0: Yeah, so I think in a nutshell, it's it's the availability to be profitable in South Dakota. I think, you know, if you talk to any dairyman that moved in the Sioux metro area, they would tell you that they're just as profitable off half the cattle as they were with double the cattle in California wow. or Colorado or something like that. Um, just because of, you know, land prices and water rights and, and things that make the wheel turn. Um, but I would say, too, that the I-29 corridor has been dubbed you know, milk capital of the USA, just because <laughs> it spreads all the way down from South Dakota down to Kansas. And, um, South Dakota is is certainly leading the charge, but I also think it's because of, you know, you two in the room and, and in working with these dairies and working with these guys to, um, you know, find the sites and work with the communities mm-hmm. and, um, make them feel like dairy isn't bad because we like dairy in oh, South Dakota with, with great the, businesses oh, it, and it's it's great and the way they um you know work with other farmers yep. on harvesting their crops for silage or you know they're very fair and, or using their manure yeah and the manure is one thing these farmers it's are gold just besides gold. themselves about because they that's huge the way fertilizer prices have
2: have gone crazy that you know if if you're next to a dairy you're sitting pretty good as a producer Yeah, and I forget the number, but there's a huge economic impact per head when it comes to dairy, and it's in the thousands, I think. But I want to say it's like $26,000 a year for one dairy cow. Is the economic impact. Is the economic impact. Direct and indirect. Yeah. I think you're right. We'll look it up as we're talking.
0: So, and another thing that was interesting to think about is, you know, when you're driving past uh, a hayfield and you see Mm -hmm. a bale in the field, the the equipment and the the capital it took to make that bale because somebody had to to lay that bale down they had to put fuel in their tractor they had to switch out you know from the mower to the rake to the baler to get the other tractor and bring in um something to stack the bales with and to feed the cow like if you just look at that one hay bale what that does to the economy and how much money these farmers put out there it's it's pretty overwhelming,
2: Kyle. I'm super impressed. Here is the stat from the International Dairy Foods Association: <laughs> South Dakota's dairy industry employed 12,500 people in 2019. The annual in- economic impact then of a dairy cow has been pegged at twenty six thousand dollars annually. Well, someone does oh this my homework. gosh. not bad.
0: <laughs> what is the? I should buy a lottery. Ticket. You should.
2: This means that dairy industry is adding more than four point one billion. To South Dakota's economy every year.
0: That's amazing. Come on. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's big, big deal. money. That's a big deal. Yeah. And, and you, now we just got to get a cheese processing plant down here. We
2: do. We need some more processing. We, we do. get there from our dairy producers all the time. And we, we keep looking at sites. Our big issue, though, is water availability. Yeah. Water, wastewater,
1: all the all natural the gas, stuff.
2: too, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So we're going to get that figured out, though. We're yeah. going to make it rain more. We're going to do all the stuff Absolutely. that everybody needs because yeah. that's what. We have the That's
2: magic. So we do
1: at So Kyle,
2: <laughs> you know, as as our communities that we work with, we work with you know, 15 communities in and around Sioux Falls. Um, how can how can they prepare themselves to best attract value added ag or ag tech prospects to their communities? What what steps do they need to be taking today to be competitive?
0: Great question. This is this is a question that um, I think gets tossed around a lot in the EDPA. You guys are members of, mm-hmm. and um, I think the best thing communities can do from our from our viewpoint a1 development's viewpoint is identify these sites Um, not necessarily go out and get options on them you know don't take on a ton of debt and then do spec development and then hope something comes but identify the site maybe even have some landowner conversations early and say hey you know if we found the right thing would you be open and open to selling and then simultaneously figure out with the utility companies, what it would cost to get, you know, water there. If it's going to be $60 million to yeah. get water there, you're probably not going to go with that site. You know, it's just not going to pencil out for hardly anybody. Probably not. So I would say, figure out what it costs to get utilities to the site. Um, you know, what, what does the property look like from know, a floodplain standpoint, just, just some high level things that you can do. And, um, you know, obviously the GOED certified site process is always great to, to check the box and have it ready, but you know, that's sometimes a big step uh, that, that maybe, you know, you guys, the Sue Metro wouldn't be interested in in taking on right away if you're just out identifying them. But I mean, a lot of the things that I learned stepping away from GOED into A1 development is when these RFIs come into the state. Mm -hmm. There's so much more land that I I wasn't privy to that I had tunnel vision. If it wasn't identified by a community, yeah, well, it's not a feasible site. But if you get, and that's what A1 development has taught me, is if you get creative and start looking outside of the city boundaries and where all these utilities, you know, meet up to a certain standpoint. Right. Or that's intersect. where yep. things can can happen. And that's why you guys play
2: a cool role, is because you guys cover that area. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, we have the largest labor pool in South Dakota right here in the Sioux Metro, which Boom. is a huge plus. Boom. So, Kyle, uh, Kyle from not White River, uh, White Lake <laughs> being a great area for pheasant hunting, I believe. And I'm That's sure awesome. there's some other stuff uh, as well. Oh, there's plenty of other uh, stuff. What do you What do you do for fun when you're not trying to help build oh, a stronger boy. ag economy in oh, South Dakota? Gosh. What do you do
0: with your time? Now you're going to get me on my hunting
2: kick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank what you haven't you killed in that. South Dakota? <sighs> a bald eagle. Bald well, eagle. That's, that's a good. Thing. That's a good, thing. Let's good. Put that on the record. please. right. Let's <laughs> The eagles standout. are saved from Kyle <laughs> <laughs> No, we, what do I do for fun? Well, in fact, I just got back from a Wyoming antelope punt with oh, my man. brother and another buddy from White Lake. And um, yeah, I'm a, just a hunting junkie. I could talk to you guys about this all day. But, you know, most recently, and I can say this because Brad's right across the, the row here and he's an avid golfer. Um, I'm getting into golf,
2: really, which has
0: been a hard thing to shake my 20 year baseball swing. But, uh, yeah, I would say that hunting and golf and fishing and chasing around my almost one and a half year old daughter is what keeps me busy. Yeah. That uh, sounds like dad things. Oh man. It's a blast. It's so much fun. But, uh. Speaking of hunting, we should do a Sioux pheasant hunt. That'd be great. We'll well, be, the inaugural that. one, we'll do it. and
2: We have great hunting in Lincoln County.
0: Yeah. All, the, <laughs> all the prospects. <laughs> That'd I be mean, awesome. Sheldon guiding.
2: Oh, like, God.
1: Man, I'd pay anybody to see that. Come as long as you on, don't give him a Lord. gun. Come yeah, on. don't give me a gun. <laughs> Sheldon and gun. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I can... I- I've shot guns before, but I would certainly not call myself an avid hunter. There's gotta be some good birds in maybe parts of Turner County and McCook County, I would hey, think.
0: It's nothing it's nothing a little pheasant farm can't fix. We'll That's just throw out some right. birds, we'll tell everybody they're wild.
2: Oh man. <laughs> Nobody knows the difference. They don't. No. They don't. It's We're just fun. gonna make sure that the that the liquid flows later on in the day <laughs> exactly. post Everybody's pretty exactly. happy. Oh, so gosh. any any closing thoughts for us, Kyle, as we as we kind of uh, end this podcast. We got one last question for you, but I just wanted to say, you know, anything, any advice that you have, or any 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 nuggets of of truth that you've happened to find in your career about about South Dakota or economic mm-hmm. development that you want to leave us with?
0: Yeah, I guess I would say, you know, I I think the main thing in economic development, as you guys well know, is just the relationships and the ability to, you know, have options for for uh, prospects. And, um, you know, I think one thing that's, that's important to remind yourselves of is there's so many incentives out there to bring these prospects to an area, but it really comes down to hospitality and being a really good person showing them that you're not just trying to get them here to, you know, for job security, you actually care about their intentions and, 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 uh, in their success going forward. But yeah, I think just relationships are huge and, and economic development is totally partner driven and yeah. it's
2: hundred percent. It, it
0: all, it all kind of stems back to long lasting relationships with, you know, the state, the feds, the county, the engineering, the utilities, a
2: ton of players,
0: the list goes on and on. So, um, that, that would be kind of my main takeaway. Other than that, I mean. It's a good nugget. You man. guys know more than I do. Good well, time. I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Getting back to it. You know, our uh, our last question we always ask our guests is we want to get more people out and about in the Sioux Metro. We want to get them into the communities outside of Sioux Falls. Um, and so we want to know what your hidden gem out in the Sioux Metro is. So whether it's a, a business, whether it's people, a place to visit. Um, a place to eat, uh, a place to hike or hunt or Mm -hmm. or stay, whatever you think might be a hidden gem that people might not always know about.
0: That is an excellent question, Sheldon.
1: I would say, and
0: this is going to be for a smaller part of the listening crew, but I would say that the most hidden gem, maybe in South Dakota, is Travis Taxidermy and Humble?
1: Really? Love
2: it. That's a great one. I've heard that before. I Jesse mean, Travis guy, is the man, oh, right? He is
0: legit. I wish I could show you. My, my, I do have a picture of my deer. <laughs> if you want to see it later, no. Um, he's <laughs> awesome. He's just amazing. And uh, I, I'm a frequent flyer at Travis Taxidermy.
2: But other than that, Palisades. Oh yeah. I mean, come on, it's King Rock, Queen Rock, can't that. go wrong with no, that.
0: It's perfect. Yeah. So.
2: But Travis tax. I mean, that is a fantastic answer.
1: That truly is a hidden gem oh, along yeah. Highway 38 there. there. What makes a good taxidermist?
0: Oh, I would say the details. I know that's super vague and super stereotypical, but if you look at Travis's mounts in mm-hmm. the eyes and in the dark horns and the gloss and the, and the hair, and he's got a way about the, the capes he puts on and the neck rolls. I mean, it's, it really does set, the men from the boys apart. There you go. Did I've you bring that? an antelope back to him, or? I ha- well, thanks for bringing that up. I came home Uh-oh. empty-handed. No, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So you know, Gillette, one of the driest places on earth, yeah. got an inch of rain, of course, before we go out there and hunt over water holes. Gesture luck with our bows, and my buddy got one on a spot in stock, but me and my brother were. We're robbed, So we're going to go back out there. Hey, I'll take good. one for the that's team part, that's and I'll go back out there. It's part of the, hunt. Part of the hunt, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's why they call it hunting, not shooting. Yeah.
2: But. So Kyle, if folks want to get a hold of you, how could they get a hold of
1: you?
0: Yeah. So a1developmentsolutions.com is our website. We're, we're on there with uh, with our bios and, and who we are and what we do and some of the boards we volunteer on and stuff like that. Um So for the most part, we're pretty easy to track down. Absolutely. We're, we're out and about. Most people know us for the good or for the bad. So- <laughs> We're not hard to find. You're probably at a county commission meeting somewhere. It's a county commission
2: meeting, hosting some public forum. Yeah, out and about, traveling around. Well, Kyle, we can definitely say that you're out there trying to leave places better than the way you found them. So we appreciate that about you and your boys at A1. Uh,
1: Good organization. We We appreciate the partnership with you. And we thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thanks, fellas. Absolutely. And to our listeners, hope you tune in next week as we continue to share the stories of the people, places, and businesses that make the Sioux Metro home.
0: Thanks for listening to Growing Places. Follow us on social media at Sioux Metro. Tune in next time to the next episode of Growing
2: Places and always leave things better than the way you found them.